0: It is November 17th, 2022 on the prayer list. Reverend Davis and his family, Um, our children and our grandchildren. We got Lydia and Emily and little Eli tonight. And we had chase earlier uh, and our other children and our other grandchildren. We pray for, and I'm sure everyone here has their extended family that they have in their hearts. Uh, Marta and Charles. I hope that Charles is feeling much better by now and that God is continuing to bless their business. John and Ruby. Vassie asked for prayer for his heart and um, having a test run. And his wife, Linda. Marcos. He'd love to see his son get saved. And his name also is Marcos. I see him on Facebook. Pretty regular. Uh, Charlotte neighbor uh, that very exotic cat has escaped the house I guess it used to never leave the house No. and of course her husband Gary just passed away and I'm sure there's a lot of coming and going and coming and going and that cat got out and um, she's really hoping to, to have her cat back especially being lonely now that Gary's gone praying for Bob to get well soon and Salvation for his children, Stephanie and Mike. We're praying for wisdom for our group, and uh, again, we're praying for Gary's family, and um, we're praying for. Uh, see James, John, see Christian. Stomach, stomach tummy ache. Yes. Um, go check on her for us. I'll check him. On her How is she? Doing some better. Good. We do pray for that. James John Jarrett, grandchildren. Safety for Ann and Blake, I think they were going down to South Carolina, maybe to escape the cold for a few days. Bob, Eric, Rex, Ted, unsafe family members, <coughs> American Patriots, and um, Brandon. He got burns on him from an accident does he go to Larry's church or? I'm not sure. Um, I think he said that he worked at the, that welding shop um, down there by the train tracks. Yeah. But uh, he wasn't burned welding or anything so it was some kind of cooking accident. Hmm. Jay Leno's been burned too and he's not on our list but maybe we'll just mention that he might be restored. Maybe things like this sometimes will put somebody in touch with God. Right. You know, and maybe the Lord would use this to draw Jay to him. And what a platform he would be. What an audience. Did that happen pretty recently? The last week. Really? Okay. Um, For Ray and Judy and uh, people to revival, people to come get saved. Um, The flu's going around (laughs) something awful. Of course, they're calling it COVID. Naturally, they would, so they can get more money. It's just a crummy flu. And we're praying for folks to Our church is full of it right now. Yeah. And I'll put I should put Bill Fix on there. He's got got gout. Okay, pray for he Bill. He can't he can't walk or whatever. Mm. Well, um need to see some salvation in Congress, that's for sure. Huh. Uh George Weiser Junior. Joe Wiser for salvation, praying for Phil Tobelman for healing, Frank for healing, it me? it's okay, God knows who he is, that those who seek to destroy our cu- culture, our country, our nation would not be successful and uh, be utterly confounded, and that sounds very good. Um, I got to get the picture of the back of this so I can add it to that post. All right. Um, let's um, let's join uh, hands. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for this assembly, and we we know, Lord, true to your word, you're with us. Two or more are gathered. We pray, God, that you look upon our small group here and just teach us tonight from your word Uh, encourage us god from your word which is what i want to go over tonight the the many promises lord that you have made to those who are in christ those who are yours and um, we should never forget them help us lord protect us and again remember christian stomach that just by your word your spoken word that her tummy feel much better in jesus name amen all right, let us just start with um, some promises. Go into the Proverbs, and we'll go to chapter 2. I'm going to flip around a good bit. I made a bunch of notes. It's been some years ago, and it's been some years since I've gone through these. Okay, chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Chapter 2. Mm-hmm, Proverbs. Now, I got this NIV. I've got okay. a lot of notes in here, and I've got a lot of un- underlinings in here. Um, verse 7, he holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. If you follow Christ, if you follow the one true God, and of course, this is Old Testament, they followed God in a different way, but it was quite quite acceptable and effective in that dispensation. Act in ways that would perhaps please God. You know, and he, he does talk in his word in many places. You know what he would expect of you. Proverbs 4, um, and look at verse... Uh, 20 through 22. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. And the word body there means your body, your fleshly body. God's words will bring health to your body. Um. Take him at face value there. Trust him that he's telling you the truth. And then, no, be willing to take the blame if anything falls short of what you hoped for. I have to do that. I will not take part in making exceptions to God's word. I will not take part in adding a little asterisk to any of the scriptures and then at the foot of the page saying, it, if it's God's will. Or sometimes God says no, a second asterisk. He, he does uh, at times not give you what you ask for. What do we have to trust then? Hmm? What do we trust then? Quickly to John chapter 15. Keep your fingers in the Old Testament. There's a lot more verses back there, especially in the Proverbs I'm gonna look at. John chapter 15. Um, it's verse 5 of John 15. I am the vine. This is Christ speaking. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, this is verse 7, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. The qualifiers of you remain in him, and his word remains in you. You have to read his word. You have to put his word into your heart. You know, I read this morning one of the out of one of the Psalms, Psalm one nineteen, Lord, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, I almost made a mistake yesterday. We went to buy a van that I'd seen on Facebook and I looked at the pictures. There were just two I think it was three pictures. Uh, and it turned out to be a 2001, even though the ad said 02, which is no big deal. Chrysler, town and country, very similar to the blue van we have. We just needed another vehicle that didn't drink gas to the tune of eight miles to the gallon. So that if Forrest was going one way and we were going another, Christian and I, or just her, we'd be able to have the two vehicles. So, I prayed, I really didn't think it through, but God got me off the hook. I prayed before we left, I prayed that if this van is good, I'm going to offer $1,600. That's what we paid for the blue van three years ago, and we've driven it 20,000, miles. 20, 25,000 miles in three years, and it's been good minor maintenance we did have a fuel line crack because i think you're right we've done it when we ran over a a piece of a recap tar- truck tire in the interstate but i said i'm going to offer 1600 lord and if the van's for us and if you want us to have it then let them take that number okay so we get over there and we're looking at it and the engine's missing and he had mentioned that it was had a miss, it wasn't pulling right. And then we noticed some strategically omitted spots of rust around the wheel arches were admitted, omitted in the pictures on Facebook. Um, so I was starting to not be sure I wanted to even give 16. And we took it on test. Well, first of all, we did that. Um, we'd gotten there, it was a little after dark and we got delayed on the stop that we made earlier in Roanoke, and so now we're in Parisburg, it's a little after dark. So we raised the hood, and uh, that thing's sitting there running like, you know, not running smooth. And I just happened to look down there at the uh, coil pack, and it was shooting sparks from one of the coil towers over to ground from one of the wires. I said, I see. So I had before I shut it off, and I said, I'm gonna check this, and I pulled that plug wire loose from the coil pack, and about a half inch of the whole plug wire's terminal stayed on the post on the, it just came apart. So I said, oh boy, you know. So I pushed it back on there and twisted and back and forth and back and forth, and seated it real good, and we restarted the van. It was no longer arcing but it was still stumbling a little bit and I'm not sure that it didn't just simply need to uh, reprogram its onboard uh, computer, maybe. So we take it for a drive and uh, it's, it's still not doing right. He said, it's missing, it's missing pretty bad. And he said, but it is that wire and we felt sure that's probably what it is. The transmission was working. So I'm thinking I'm offer for $1,400. I don't think I want to give 16 time. I get a coil pack and wires and that's going to be $200. And turns out it's not, it's about 120, but, and I don't think we need a coil pack. It probably doesn't. So we talked, we were talking on two ways. As uh, so I was driving Christian's blue van, the force is driving the white van. I'm following him. Said, what do you think he said $1,500 I said I was thinking $14 he said offer him $14 but as I went on back I thought now should I do that should I offer $14 it was almost like the Holy Spirit said you offer $14 and they take that amount for it and you break down on the way home because you said if the van was for you that the payment would be 1600 did you not and I'm like yes Lord goodness what do I do what do I do Well fortunately the the fellow who the husband was at work so the wife comes out and she I said, Do you have a bottom dollar you're willing to take for this van? And she said, Yeah, I just talked to him earlier and he said bottom dollar eighteen hundred. I went Excellent. Now I'm off the hook. Now I can say sixteen hundred and I would be doing what I was told the Lord I would do if they take it. And I told her, I said, I um, pray about these things. And I said, this blue van we have here, we bought it three years ago, gave $1,600 for it. I said, I prayed and asked the Lord that if this van here, yours, was for us, that you would take $1,600. And it doesn't mean if you won't take the $1,600 that there's something wrong with the van it just means it's not for us and it might be for somebody else. And she said, I understand, I understand. Well, you gotta talk to my husband. He's at work. Can you come back tomorrow? And I'm thinking, No. I'm I'm like an hour and plus away. I didn't say that. I said, Well, can you call him at work? She said, I could try, he probably won't answer. And I said, Well, I just talked to him earlier on his cell phone because we were running late and I needed to tell him we were running late. She said, I'll try. And I said, okay, just tell him what I told you. And I mean, that's all we can give because that's what I said I would do when I made this vow before God. So what was she in there, five minutes? Yeah. And she come back out the side door of the house holding the title. And I knew that we had bought it. We said, well, we're gonna limp it over here to AutoZone and get a plug wire set and at least get that one that was arcing replaced. So we discussed that and I got us on the wrong road and had to turn around. Forrest said, well, it started run just fine now. It did. It's he said, done. it's running perfect. I said, seriously? He said, yeah, it's not missing. There's not a, not a glitch to it. And I said, hmm. So I said, you want to go for it? And he said, yeah, let's just go for it. So we did. <laughs> And I think it's going to be a good vehicle for us, but my vow to God was $1,600, and I was being tempted, I guess, what would you say, by greed even, maybe, to offer less, and possibly even get it for less, and it not be suitable for us. It's either greed or thrift. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, there's that. Tomorrow, I'll we'll change oil, transmission fluid, and flow wires, and possibly plugs. All right. Um, yeah I'll come out there with you as long as it's not too cold it's probably cold <laughs> alright but anyway um, to have God's favor you have to have his word living in you his, you abide in him his word abides in you ask what you will what did I ask I said, God if this van is for us let the price be $1600 well, I guess the van was for us because they took 1,600, and I dodged a bullet there because the guy said 18. So I was happy about that more ways than one. I'm glad we got the vehicle. I think it's going to serve us well. Um, go to Job chapter 5. Uh, verse 17 Blessed is the man whom God corrects, so do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. For he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. From six calamities he will rescue you. In seven, no harm will befall you. In famine, he will ransom you from death. And in battle, from the stroke of the sword. You will be protected from the lash of the tongue and need not fear when destruction comes. You will laugh at destruction and famine and need not fear the beasts of the earth for you will have a covenant with the stones of the field and the wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your tent is secure. You will take stock of your property and find nothing missing. You will know that your children will be many and your descendants like the grass of the earth. You will come to the grave in full vigor like sheaves gathered in season. We have examined this and it is true. So hear it and apply it to yourself. Is that not beautiful? I mean, that's just rich. You know, the wild animals, uh, they'd be at peace with you. We think of who there? Daniel. Thrown into the lines then, and they did not harm him. He said that God shut their mouths. You know, like Christian, with a pure heart, letting those trapped skunks out of those two different box traps. And the, the second night was a mama skunk, mad as a hornet. She'd flipped that cage all over the all over the chicken pen out there, mad. But she just approached the skunk didn't throw a cloth over it like they say do this or that. She just approached it and she said, I am a servant of the Most High God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want to help you. I want to let you out. I want to let you go free. I want to do that. Would you please not spray me? And that skunk calmed down just as calm as you can imagine. And she opened the door and actually stroked its back on its way out. i not so, um, but you have to apply the word, and you have to believe it. The power, the power of the word in you is belief. If you don't believe it, you will undermine every prayer you ever pray. You have to pray believing. Mark chapter eleven. Keep your finger in the Old Testament. Pick the Proverbs. Mark chapter eleven. And this is verse 24. He says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Okay, um, why did he mention this about forgiveness right after he said, believe that you have it and you'll have it? Um, that's little Eli in there singing backups. Um, <laughs> um, because unforgiveness is something that just impales our relationship with God. He said, if you, you know, you don't forgive those that have trespassed against you, I won't forgive you. You must forgive. You don't hold grudges. You know that you have forgiven when you can recall that person or whatever. It could be just some company. You've forgiven when you can remember that situation and it no longer bothers you. You say, yes, that happened. Um, You know what? God just brought me through that and and, and set me on a high place and it's not a problem no issue anymore let's look at proverbs chapter three and this will be verse 25 and 26 and that says have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. Continue to believe, continue to trust, continue to keep his word in your heart. Read it. Listen to it if you get the chance on an audio program. So, um, you know... His word doesn't fail. His word is settled forever in heaven. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will not lie to you. If he said, if if my word abides in you and you abide in me, ask what you will, to be given. If he says, whatever it is you pray asking for, believe that you already have it and you will. That's true. When you don't get it, guess what that means? You've got two choices. Either God's a liar or you didn't believe. And that's the state of the modern church, the Laodicean church. It's uh, they're always looking for loopholes really for, for their own failures. Me, you know, I, I don't look for them. I admit when I fall short. If I don't get something I pray for and I feel that I've prayed in earnest and it doesn't happen the way I asked, I have to believe that I didn't believe. I have to say, well, I really didn't think I have that. I must not have really been sincere. I have to go there because if I go anywhere else, I'm doing damage to the word of God. And you know, but the human tendency, I would call it the Laodicean church tendency the even the, um, you know, uh, the lukewarm, as uh, they were told, uh, the tendency is to look for some exception or some, well, look what happened over here. Now, if you've got a real good Bible, sure, there was the child born blind. He said it was to glorify God, Jesus did. He said it's not because of anyone that sinned. He said it was to glorify God. And so it did. There is is one major loophole in the Bible. And that is, if you don't keep the law, you go to hell. Yeah. There's one major loophole. Salvation through Christ. Amen. (laughs) That's how you avoid hell. That's how you avoid separation from God. And um, we can't imagine what hell is. God didn't mean for anyone to go to hell. He said it's not his will that any should perish. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, and then will go to verse 33. Uh, that one says, The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. Don't worry about what wicked people do to you. Concentrate on putting on the righteousness of Christ. And you will find blessings. I falter with this. I've just at a point in my life, I really need to examine myself. I must put on his righteousness. If I'm cracking jokes on our Bang Steel podcast and Christ sitting across the room from me didn't laugh, I have made a big mistake. Now, that said, does God have a sense of humor? Why, sure he does. Look what. Now, I'm in the NIV, but let me tell you if you look the actual Greek up, that is what this says you going to go to Galatians chapter 5. The Galatians felt as though they needed to keep the law in order to assure their salvation. That's one of the oldest tricks of Satan out there. Because, I mean, it was, it was going on in the book of Acts. Read chapter 15. Got to keep the law, or you're not really saved. And they were telling all of the Gentile believers, well, you've uh, got to keep the law and you've got to go get circumcision, get, your, get circumcised, or you can't go to heaven. You're not a Christian. Paul was really unloading on that with both barrels. Uh, chapter five, just pick it up here, verse, looks like nine, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. The leaven, leaveneth the whole lump in the KJV. He said, I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty. They had some Hebrew roots type teacher that was deceiving them. Paul said, the one that's doing this will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. Verse 11, brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision... Why am I still being persecuted? He's being persecuted by these these of the circumcision. That's what he called them. These um, they may have some called themselves uh, Christians, but they were amalgamating. You know the the law, the Mosaic law. He says. Uh, Why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. Verse 12, this is what the literal Greek says. The NIV did record this exactly as it was meant. The King James decided it sounded a little bit rough, but if you look up the meaning of the Greek words, that's what's being said. He says in verse 12, as for those agitators, these people of the circumcision, as for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Just cut it off. Cut the whole thing off then. The Holy Spirit oversaw that. God has a sense of humor. No way you need to try to stay in line with it, which is something I surely haven't done too well. You laughing?
1: No. You are. I'm, I'm
0: an offender also. We offend, and we need to think about it. Well, you know, we, we have a little whiskey on that podcast. And the, the thing about, all right, we're in Proverbs. I'm going to go to chapter um, 11 next. But right, to keep your place in Proverbs. And go to uh, Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23, verse 29, it says, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Those who linger over wine, who go to sample bowls of mixed wine, do not gaze at the wine, when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. The King James says it better. It says, when it moveth itself aright. And that goes back to what the Hebrew says. When this wine is moving itself, when it's drinking itself, there's your problem. There, In other words, oh, I'm only going to have one glass. But that glass wants another glass. And those two glasses want another one or even two more. And you don't want to stop. So when it's moving itself aright, it says in the end, verse uh, 32. In the end, it bites like a snake and poisons like a viper. Your eyes will see strange sights and your mind imagine confusing things. You will be like one sleeping on the high seas, lying on top of the rigging. They hit me, you will say, but I'm not hurt. They beat me up, but I don't feel it. When will I wake up so I can find another drink? This is alcoholism described in Proverbs chapter 23. That's, you know, you want to drink continually. And, And everybody that ever got into that spot started social drinking. I'm not against drinking alcohol, you know, unless the Holy Spirit tells you don't touch it, then just don't. But moderation is very, very important. Proverbs 11. And verse 8. The righteous man is rescued from trouble, and it comes on the wicked instead. I don't reckon I was a righteous man. I was fourteen or fifteen years old, riding a motorcycle up in the woods behind the house, and I come upon this old boy who lived a few houses down. He had a reputation for being a bully, being a jerk, and he was doing something with a thin piece of wire about as big around as a guitar string, and um, stretching it across the road. so I stopped. And I said, what are you doing there? He said, I'm stretching this wire across the road so when somebody comes up through here, it'll scratch the paint off their car hood. It'll scratch their paint off of their hood. That's what he was doing. He said, let me ride that motorcycle. I said, all right. He said, I won't be long. But he was. It started getting dark. He, he's gone an hour and a half, two hours, I don't know. And here I sit. what am I doing? He took my bike. But I finally heard him coming across the ridge. Come zooming down that path out onto that dirt road and that housing development and right into that wire he put there. And it's, <laughs> you could see the bone in his thumb right there. Ooh. It slashed, slashed his right there. It, I remember it. <laughs> it got him so you set a trap and the wicked fall into their own traps so you know but again be in proper standing with god Who was that? Uh, should i say was one of buddy muncie's boys No, I don't want anybody to think, hell, I shouldn't have said anything now that in the podcast. Uh, it was Larry Muncy. Well, at least his trap worked. Yeah, it worked on him. It worked on him. All right, Proverbs 10 and verse 22. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. And Lord, forgive me if I sin by calling out that fellow's name. Hopefully he's made things right with you, God, and he's saved now. <clears throat> um, God's blessing will bring you wealth. Now, does that mean you'll... Ask your mom to bring soda water for that. Does that mean you're gonna be living down here in Loretto and Big Pool? And, no, wealth uh, doesn't need to mean that you know you you have provision you have what you need very importantly you have friends and family and in Christ everyone's family we have flesh and blood that's not saved and we have folks that are saved that are our brothers and our sisters but we we aren't related to them thank you Welcome. And moving right along to Proverbs 19. And I don't know how long we're on tonight. The children got to get in bed early, so we might stop slightly sooner than normal. We'll see. So it's Proverbs 19, and it's going to be verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life then one rests content, untouched by trouble. How do you um, reconcile that with the New Testament and Christ too himself saying, you're going to have trouble in this life. There's tribulation. Well, is it trouble to you? Do you see it that way? Or do you see it like a battle that God has already taken control of and he's already laid out what it takes to win that battle for your sake? There will be tribulation. Now you can't, uh, wait, I gotta sneeze. I guess I don't. You can't assume that You won't lose loved ones as you live. And I suppose we all have here. You can't assume that that won't come. But when you take inventory of yourself and you find that you're in Christ, then how is it trouble? We do have grief, but how long do we grieve? We have to remind ourselves that God has the perfect situation for everything that has to do with us. Nothing gets sprung on God. Maybe I should say sprung on God. Nothing surprises him. But he can just pour in an anointing that puts you at perfect peace. You know, when Jared passed away, I'll always remember how strong Christian was in her faith. And I've mentioned it before, She and I went down there to see the body Marion. And she didn't talk to Jared. She knew that he was with the Lord. She didn't say one word to Jared. She just looked up, and the first thing she said is, God, thank you so much for the 24 years I had with my son. And she just kept praising God. And I drew so much strength from that. I did. I mean, she gave birth to him. And I came along four years later. And He called me daddy 20 years. And it, yes, it hurt and it still does. But I know that God has done correctly, rightly. He defines right by doing it. So there would be trouble, but he will save us out of it. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. Beautiful verse. All right, Proverbs 16, verse 7. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Is that not something? That when you act in ways that please the Lord, God will cause your enemies to be at peace with you. He will. Somebody gets a wise idea they're going to rob you or do whatever. And we saw earlier, one of these scriptures promised that, you know, you, you would look for your possessions and they'd all be there. Christ did say, don't lay your treasures up here where the moth eats and the rust and then the thief steals. But if you thank God for what he has given you, and you don't accredit it to your hard work and your, because I me tell you this, and people like to boast about how hard they worked. I promise you, there's someone out there that worked a whole lot harder, and they have a whole lot less than you have. And there are people out there that ain't lifted a finger, and they had a whole lot more than you have dropped in their lap none of that matters what matters is living to please God to do right in his sight what he would have you do Proverbs 13 did I read verse 25 or did I not it says a poor man's field may produce abundant food but injustice sweeps it away If you grow crops, it's Proverbs 20, I'm sorry, Proverbs 13, and it's verse 25. I read, yeah. I read verse 23. I like that, though. Verse 25, I can't see. The righteous eat to their heart's content, but the stomach of the wicked goes hungry. Jesus told his disciples, you know, you're worried about what you're going to wear. You're worried about what you're going to eat. You're worried about where you're going to lay your head down. He said, I know you need these things. I know you need them. But stop worrying about it. He said, you see those birds? They don't worry about where they're getting their next meal. Anytime I'm eating at a parking lot of a drive-thru place and the birds, they come around. And I always like to toss a little bread out to them thinking of the fact that Jesus said he would feed the birds. And I wanted to be a little bit of a part of that. They like bread better than anything. They'll eat fries, but they prefer the bread. So, uh, if you do not do right, then you will find hunger. And you will find illness. That's controversial. You trying to tell me they ain't Haiti and Uncle Methuselah was mean people because they got sick and died? I'm not telling you anything. You read the Bible for yourself and come to your own conclusions. Yes, we get sick. Goodness. <laughs> I swept through the house here about three weeks ago with that flu. But did it have to be viewed as trouble? Your computer was about to get pwned. Oh, really? You need one for us. What is she, Does she watching? She reprogrammed she's doing dishes. You. Did you tell her that he's keeping she on? She knows it. She's up. So, um this all much said, let's go to the Psalms and go to Psalm 112. If I remember right, that one a pretty short psalm. put him in the baby cage we have a thing they call it the play yard but it's actually it's a baby cage and he he normally will move from that to the no the toddler there he moves from the baby cage to the dining restraining device you hear him call it high chair it's a dining restraining device Psalm 112, praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. This is Psalm 112, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. Again, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds delight in his commands. That is Psalms? Psalm 112. Oh, 112. Yeah. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look and triumph on his foes. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked man will see... And be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. See how far we are in. Oh, about forty-seven minutes, and let's finish with Psalm 121. He reads, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun, will not harm you by the day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Who wants to be that guy? There are promises of God. You know, these. Uh, I heard a, a minister one time that he kind of irked me the way he put this. He was talking about the proverbs. And it was it was actually a one of these guys that was reasonably well thought of. But he said, you know, the proverbs are, are, are it's a book of uh, sayings that are generally true. Generally, that's what he said. But he's finding what he believes to be exceptions. But when you think you've found an exception, look at the qualifiers. You didn't meet the qualifier. They didn't believe. Belief is extremely powerful, and unbelief is just as powerful. Unforgiveness is destructive. You know, if if your life you wanted it tuned and running like an an engine in in your vehicle. You want it running smoothly, so you put the proper oil in it and you keep it serviced. You want it doing right. And it will, as long as you are following instructions in the owner's manual. If you start dumping handfuls of sand into it, which we might call unforgiveness, then it begins to fail this engine begins to fail. You cannot have unforgiveness in your heart and expect God's blessing on anything. It will hold you back like a ball and chain around each ankle and you're blindfolded and your hands are tied behind your back. Your walk will stumble We'll be unsure. So start back with square one and forgive. Doesn't mean you go to anybody. You don't go to some person and say, I forgive you. The majority of the time, the person that you might need to say that to or feel like you should say that to, they'll go, huh, forgive me. I didn't do anything. You need to. You You, you, need, you need. me to forgive you. You You. you uh, nerdy well. You don't go to them. You just drop the issue. You, you know, have you heard forgive and forget? That's that's about idiotic, and here's why. You don't forget. Nor should you. No. If you forget, there's no point in forgiving, right? Right. Just, hey, forget about it, you know? No, I don't need to forgive it. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> you will remember after you forgive. And when you do remember, after you have forgiven, you give God the glory, the honor, and the praise for giving you the instruction and the importance to forgive and giving you the ability to forgive. Mm -hmm. And we have that ability. We can just drop the issue and not worry about it. And if you will do that, that and keeping his word in your heart, keeping your mind stilled on him, working toward improvement always rather than just saying, okay, I'm just going to kick back and float right here. I ain't going no further. This is fine. This is far enough. I get to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you will. You'll still get to go to heaven. If you're saved, you're saved. But why wouldn't you serve him? Because in so doing, in serving him, you're serving yourself. Mm -hmm. You are making your life better, your circumstances better. Your blessings will be more bountiful. And what does he say? Trouble won't come to you. You will not have fear of bad news. There, There's a way of being that guy. There's a way of being that gal. It's right there in the Word. And so instead of looking for exceptions and, and, and going to old pastor so-and-so and letting him tell you what the Bible says instead of letting the Holy Spirit teach you, First John two verse twenty seven. Do right, do right, and you will be blessed. You know it's amazing the way Jesus tweaked the Bible uh, from the Old Testament rules and regulations, which was six hundred and I think thirteen rabbinical laws plus the Ten Commandments. But he uh, he took. When they asked him about forgiving someone, they said the rabbinical law required seven times, forgive somebody seven times, and Jesus said seventy times seven. Yeah. So he tweaked that number, all right? Uh, just like he uh, he did in other places, where he brought the Ten Commandments down to two commandments. So if you keep those two, yeah. you keep love the 10 your neighbor and as yourself, and the with, love 600. the Lord with all your heart and all your strength and yeah. all your mind and your neighbor is yeah. yourself. It's amazing. All right, let's join hands and close. John, would you like to close us tonight? Father, be with us. Keep us safe as we leave this place. Bless us and all our family members. Be especially with Reverend Davis. Yes. In Christ's name, for his sake. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you.